This is a little a bit of reading I was doing. This is in honor of our guest tonight. <clears throat> this is uh, from an essay in a publication called The Metal Worker called An Ideal Labor Press. This was uh, May 1904. So our hero, uh, Eugene V. Debs. 10,000 times has the labor, labor movement stumbled and fallen and bruised itself and risen again, been seized by the throat and choked and clubbed into insensibility, enjoined by courts, assaulted by thugs, charged by the militia, shot down by regulators, traduced by the press, frowned upon by public opinion, deceived by politicians, threatened by police, repudiated by renegades, preyed upon by grafters, infested by spies, Deserted by cowards, betrayed by traitors, bled by leeches, and sold out by leaders. But notwithstanding all this, and all these, it is today the most vital and potential power this planet has ever known, and its historic mission of emancipating the workers of the world from the thraldom of the ages is as certain of ultimate realization as the setting of the sun. should do is cut the uh, intro now since I didn't do it before. So uh, this is, well, maybe we'll play it at the end. That's pretty funny. This is your Highlands Bunker for this week. We are definitely in the shadow of Rockford Tower watching everyone, uh, especially uh, Mayor Przicki. We know you're right over there. We see everything you're doing. Um, and today we just had a great discussion uh, with Joe Leonetti. Uh, he's the president of the uh, International Association of Firefighters, Local 1590 uh, here in Wilmington. And um, you are either just go you're going to now hear a great discussion, or you just heard one, one whatever, however way uh, Carl's going to uh, going to cut this in. So, yeah. So, I guess we'll just get started because we sort of talked about like where we're coming from too. We um, we do a lot of like local news stories from a progressive perspective. So we're obviously like big union people, not huge like corporate real estate people. So we run into issues with the mayor all the time. I mean, most of this, <clears throat> most of our political sort of grassroots organizing came in fighting Przicki from the beginning. We, you know, we didn't, we didn't support him from the beginning. So this is where we are. But yeah, I'm very interested in like what you guys are up against and sort of the more of the details of the story. Sure. And um, we can also make fun of Przicki because we do that all the time. Yeah. So unfortunately we did back him. Um, <laughs> so we... He was uh, a retired fireman. Was on his campaign. Contacted us. I was part. I wasn't the union president then. I was just on the executive board. But we met with him, and um, that's when Dennis Williams and we had Tony Good, and we were going through hell. Yeah. And um, so we needed a change. So Przicki seemed like the guy. He had a fireman, retired fireman, backing him. We sat with him. He told me or told us he couldn't promise that he wasn't going to cut us. He said because he hasn't seen the books, but he did promise us that if there was going to be cuts, it would be even across the board because the fire department always takes the cuts. And uh, so we just thought that was honest. So he gets in. The first thing him and his new fire chief do is cut us 16 positions. The next cut was like public works or, or um, parks and recs, and they got cut too. So that doesn't seem real fair to me or even across the board. So we started fighting right there. And... Um, that's when we realized we made our mistake. Um, 
and then it's just been hell for the last three years. So yeah, so you've been fighting this all the way from the very beginning of that for three years. Yeah. Now what else? Uh, what there's I I know there's a there's a shift issue that I like some information on. Sure. And the, and the brown out like the rolling closure issue are those the two main ones? That's our two main issues right now. Okay, so yeah, go through those two in detail so I know that I understand them. All right, so everybody knows in September of 2016 we had a fire. We killed three firefighters. Uh, that night, Engine Six was closed because of a rolling brownout. Engine Six was the closest engine company to Lakeview Road. Um, <clears throat> we've had, we've been warning them. We had two girls killed, I believe. It, two little girls. It was either March, right before summer. Um, over on Monroe Street, the first two engine company was browned out that day. We've been warning them, telling them, you know, it's only going to get worse. When's enough going to be enough? And eventually it's going to be us. Well, September 2016, it was us. And um, they stopped rolling bypass or brownouts, whatever you want to call it, for a little bit. And then they brought them right back. <clears throat> um, then here comes Mayor Przicki. So he comes in, puts in Mike Dunahoo as his fire chief. And we thought we were going to be in the clear. Um, Mike Donahue, before he was in administration, when he was a fireman, he was the fireman's fireman. He was one of the best. Guys looked up to him, wanted to be like him. He was on the rescue squad, which was our, they're like our SWAT team. Um, and, to, and then that got closed years ago. So we thought we were going to do well. And we just found out he was going to be a Przicki guy. Uh, kept rolling bypass going. Uh, our rescue got shut down. We started a squad company. He it was running well, we thought, and then he stopped that whole concept because some BS reason. I think it's because of the lawsuit against the city, but he doesn't stick up for us at all. And so he was never a fan of this shift. We went to this shift in 2006, and every other union got a 12% raise for their contract. Uh, in 2006, the firefighters took a 6% raise because we knew the shift had a cost to it. So we gave up 6%, even though it's not writing anywhere. And I know if it's not writing, it didn't happen. But we know everybody else got 12% contracts. We got a 6% contract and the shift change, knowing that the cost associated with the shift was that 6% that was going to compound over the years, help pay for overtime. So, so that was the concession you made, knowing that you were getting the... In 2006. Right. Makes sense. Okay. <clears throat> so let's fast forward now. Um, back then, I was Jimmy Ford was the fire chief. They told Jimmy Ford, you're going to cut engine company. Jimmy Ford said, no, I'm retiring. Like, he tried to hold on, tried to fight for us. Eventually, he just left because he wasn't going to be the guy to cut the fire department. He wanted to see us prosper. So let's fast forward now. We're still doing rolling bypass. Um, we got cut 16 positions, which I would guess, <clears throat> I don't have the numbers right from me, but a firefighter, after salary, training, benefits, uniforms, equipment, it's probably over $100,000 a person. So you cut 16. We equate that to about a million and a half dollars. That million and a half dollars would completely run our but our overtime budget. So we thought, all right, you cut us 16. We were not happy. But now they're just like, what's more important to you, salary or overtime? Like, where's the line? So we thought we were going to get that money back into our overtime budget and run the fire department full staff. It didn't happen. So we got cut 16. We're still rolling bypass, which is dangerous for me, dangerous for you, everybody who comes to this city. <clears throat> and now they want to take our shift. So <clears throat> but the shift is right now we work 24 hours on. We're off for 72 hours. A lot of fire departments work this shift. One day on, three days off. There's four platoons. So they want to go to a new shift. It's 24 hours on, 48 hours off. 
So one day on, two days off. Now, there are these things called Kelly days. So because that puts you into a 56-hour work week, that new schedule. So they can't do it because they would have to pay us overtime. So they give us these Kelly days, which are 17 a year. They give us a 24-hour period off. And it brings us down to a 48-hour work week. So what's the benefit of, of – what is the benefit of this scheme, of this change to the city? They're not going to tell you this, but we know what it is. They're going to cut us 16 or 24 more firefighters because now we only have three platoons instead of four. So we have 30 firefighters working a shift. We want it to be 34 without the rolling bypass. So they'll take a whole shift and separate it or divide it through the other three shifts. So they're going to tell you each shift's going to have 12 extra guys. We won't have to do rolling bypass anymore. They told us it's virtually going to eliminate it. Virtually doing a lot of work in that sense. Right. So we asked them, just put it in writing then. You want the 2448, put it in our contract in writing that we're going to have six engines, two ladder companies, no rolling bypass, and we'll talk. And they wouldn't do it. Of course not, because they're lying. Right. Yeah. See, we, we sniff that stuff out. When you explain it plainly, then they're like, oh, they're lying. It's obvious. I mean, th that's the thing we talk about here, whether it's like at a national level or a state level or a city level. Austerity, once they start cutting, it's not going to stop. Right. Like, just in your, in, in your case, you know, you thought it was just going to be, you know, so many firefighters. You thought it was just going to be this shift, so we'll take a little less of a raise. You thought maybe if you did this political move, you know, we would get some support. Yeah, it never, ever stops. Right. Um, that's why the unions are so important just in general because you're on the front lines of trying to get that to stop. So to, we get public services that we, we, that we should have. Absolutely. Rather than, um, I don't know, how many, how many hotels have they built at the riverfront now? Count Mayor Przicki's buddies or everybody's? <laughs> I mean, that's a great question. Yeah. That's a real great question, right? I mean, they're all Mayor Przicki's buddies now, right? Absolutely. So, you know, again, we talk about this in here. We, we've, we've used this example, too, is when Mayor Przicki's buddies want to build a basketball arena on land. It's not really in the city. It just becomes magically in the city. Like, some people get the deal done. Right. And then some people get squeezed for every nickel. And I hope that those two things swap around. That's sort of just what we're, what we're doing in here. Absolutely. But I'm, I, I'm glad. So what, I mean, I know that the, that the fight has now taken a turn, uh, you know, in the media and in the streets. Sure. Which I also encourage everybody to do. Um, but what is that? I mean, how do you, is there a feeling of solidarity with, with everyone? Is it, is it getting tough to have these sort of public spats? Um, is it not helping with the negotiation? Like, sort of what are, – are you, are, you, are you seeing any movement at, at all, and how does everybody feel? We were trying to be professional. We were trying to get the deal done. We were negotiating. The city was not. We would come in. We've been, we asked – we've been out of contract since June of 2016. In July of 2016, we put in a letter saying we're ready to start negotiating. They, they waited us, stalled us, and then after the new mayor came in, they said, just give us a little bit of time. We're getting our feet wet. We need some time. Because we sent a letter in February of 17. So that didn't even happen until January of this year we started. Or, I'm sorry, last year, 19. So it took that long to start our contract. And now they want to give us zeros for all those years that we were without a contract. Which is exactly why they do it. Let's, not, let's stall the contract, stall the contract, stall the contract, and then not pay them for it. So we're tired of being pushed around. So we said no. So we put some offers on the table. But all they did was put their 2448 and some bogus stuff with it. And try to get us to sign. And we we actually moved their way, but they didn't budge at all. We, they didn't move until the very last meeting, the last three hours. And we just didn't get there. So 
that wasn't even the breaking point. The breaking point is work union workers with a contract. Mike Donahue, the fire chief, put out the day before Thanksgiving that July 1, no matter what, we're going to a 2448 because he can. So there was a ruling through PERB. It's the Public Employee Relations Board. So they said, yes, the shift schedule is managerial rights. They can pick the schedule. But they have to negotiate everything that goes with it. Vacation, time off, salaries. So they can't just come in and change it without negotiating all that part. But Mike Donahue and Mayor Pazicki said July 1, we don't care. 2448 it is. And that's when we went to the streets. We're going to be in his face. We're going to be at his ribbon cuttings. And we're going to be there. We turned our back to him at the parade as a sign. And we stood together, 50 members strong. There's only 150 of us in the union. If anything, they woke the sleeping giant and they made us stronger. Because guys that didn't even come to union meetings now are calling me on every day. What can I do? Where can I put a sign? Where is he going to be at today? And we're not going to let it down. We're going to keep pushing because we just want to be treated fair. Yeah, I mean, we're behind that 100%. Um, I think I'm interested now, if I'm following this, if, if they try to institute this because they were told, Sort of based on that uh, the, the labor board decision that they can do it, how? But they but they have to negotiate all of the sort of the the, the mechanisms that help it because you said that'll put you over. Are they going to pay the overtime? Then? No. So we are the only city and right now. We work a forty two hour work week with the twenty four seventy two. So we work forty two hours average a week. We don't get paid for forty two. We get paid for forty. We give back two hours every week, every member to the city of Wilmington. So now they want to go to a forty eight hour work week. So they want to pay a straight time for it. We're the only city employees that when we work over 40 hours, we don't get time and a half. Garbage men, parks and recs, police officers. They work 41 hours. That one hour is time and a half. They want to pay a straight time. Right now, my salary is based on, they take my, my salary, divide it by 2080, a normal average person's work year. And that's how I get my hourly rate. To get our new hourly rate, they're going to take my salary and divide it by 2496, the amount of hours we're going to be working. So essentially, you're lowering my hourly rate and you're not paying me time and a half on it. It's just not right. Man, I, I, first of all, I can tell you this, that uh, I've spoken to and, and I, I don't know, you know, sort of other sort of political grassroots sort of uh, people you've been around. Uh, I know, you know, it sounds like everybody got sucked into the Brzezicki thing and now Donahue's there and sort of that's just, this is uh, inscrutable now. But there are there are a lot of um, political folks in this city who show a lot of solidarity with you because I think this is a bunch of bullshit, right. frankly. And again, it's, it's, it's just another way of squeezing, you know, now they're going to do it without even negotiating it and squeezing another 2% out. And they'll probably uh, eliminate those other positions at the end of the year. Absolutely. So. And then they may, I feel like he made it personal. Um, you read his comments in the paper where we live. He said they just want this shift because they all have side businesses. Well, I, a lot of our members do work side work or a part-time job. It's because we don't get paid time and a half. There's no overtime because they're shutting down engine companies every day. So, yes, my members got to go work a part-time job to make a little extra money to have a little more fun time on their days off. They said they went to 2472 because they want to live at the Eastern Shore or they want to live in North Jersey or they want to live down at the beach. If my members show up on time and do a job that they're required to do and do a hell of a job and then go home, I don't care where they live. If they want to live in California, as long as they show up to work, who cares? Who is he to say where we live? Yeah, this is a well, this is a tactic, uh, uh, you know, trying to find some way to discredit people, to get the public 
um, not on people's side and think, oh, my money is going for this. It's not right. It's fine. I I think as you do. I pay the city tax. Everybody who lives here pays it. I don't care if you have it. Why would I care what, what else would you do with your free time? I don't. And I don't care if you have a boat. I don't care if you go to the, I don't care. It makes no difference. If if somebody's at the, in the fire department in Wilmington um, and they come every day, you know, ready to do that work, I, I frankly don't, I don't know why that's even an issue other than, as I said, um, I think these public things are done to try to uh, sort of turn public opinion against you. Sure. But also sort of feels like they're implying that uh, if you're working a job like that, you shouldn't have like a, you shouldn't be well paid. You shouldn't be living a good life. It's, if you want to be making money and living in nice places, you should be working at the banks like they are. Sure. Or for the development companies like they are. Yeah. Well, that goes right back to the story of who gets, who gets the breaks, who, who's able to call the mayor and the governor to get the bus stop and the bus depot moved out of Rodney Square. Like that, you know, who's able to, like I said, build, build a basketball arena or build three uh, hotels like that. When you see who's able, who's, um, you know, it's okay for these people to get the break, but these people are here just to squeeze money out of. Yeah. I, 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 you know, and again, I, I think a lot of it is trying to turn public opinion. Um, I, I hope that people sort of think about it a little bit more and think like, why does he care what you do with your free time? It's sort of like a personal jab. Sure. Um, he has a nice house down on the Elk River that he goes to, but that's that's okay. But one of my guys want to go down and live down there. That's not so okay. And that's their policy. When I got hired 20, almost 20 years ago, we had to live in the city for 15 years. I wouldn't care if you had to live in the city your whole career. I'm okay with that. I still live here. I love this city. But if they they lowered the requirement to five years, then my guys met their obligation. I don't care where they live now. Yeah, I would love them to be here and help the city move forward and maybe keep the fire department the way it's supposed to be. But if he's treating us like dirt, why are my guys going to stick around? I think that's perfectly perfectly right. You know, when when you, when you when you apply vicious austerity and you look at this public service just like. Like, how can we get the most out of it for the least money? And you don't look at it as 150 men and women out there providing one of the most important public services there is. You look at it just like, well, if we can operate these at this level with at this money, that's good. It's not good. Because like you said, it's 100 people living in the city or 75 people living in the city. It's our neighbors. Uh, it's just not the whole people have to get the whole concept of what's going on they have to turn that around in their head. Absolutely. And I think, I, I hope that that's, um, I hope that that's going to start happening. I mean, do you feel where, now that you didn't uh, really get anywhere the last time and you weren't able to find, and now this this July 1st, I guess, change is looming. Right. What's, what's the next step? So we have a couple unfair labor practices in place. Um, we're trying to get an emergency stop to the injunction on their, July 1. Um, the problem is the lady who made the opinion, it's not even a ruling, it's just an opinion. The lady who gave the opinion is also our arbitrator because there's one lady in charge of it. So we actually have a meeting with her tomorrow 
So we have our first arbitration meeting. It's kind of like a ground rules. Get us in the same room. See if we can make any more movement. And then we go from there. So we're supposed to have a ruling on our injunction on December 13th. Here we are January 8th and we still don't have it. So the city put in some stops because they said they had reasons why they didn't believe it. And then we had to answer them and we did. And now we're just waiting again. So maybe I'll get those answers tomorrow. If I do, I'll call you and let you know what they are. But... Yeah, definitely do that. <clears throat> um, I, I would be I mean, they're just going to sl slow play it. Right. And, and just try to run out the clock. Well, I'm thinking the the longer they can run it out, the the less time we can maybe be in his face and try to hurt his campaign. Because, um, I don't know, Dennis Williams didn't do us right and we got him out. And I'm not going to say just us, but we fought and we went door to door and we told him why this guy wasn't the right answer. So we got guys ready to hit the streets again, if that's what it takes. The mayor can still be a hero. He can step in tomorrow and come in and be like, all right, guys, what do we got to do to make this done and keep our shift and, and just treat us, give us the same raise everybody else got. We're not asking for anything more. We just want to be treated just like everybody else. The cops got a new chief, a chief that stood up for their men They got and women, and they got a really good raise and because they had to make them in line with everybody else. The Wilmington police weren't getting the candidates because their pay was lower. Well, the fire department's the same way. The chief stepped in. They got a good raise. They weren't asked to work any more hours, and they're being treated fair. So we just want to be treated like that. I'll never compare us to the cops. I think we do a completely different job. Um, they we do agree a great here. Job. We actually agree here. We're not going to get into it right now. <clears throat> you and I agree on this. So yeah, the, the difference. <clears throat> so I don't know. It's just I'm just tired of fighting. Everything's been a fight for 18 years for me, and I'm just waiting for somebody to come in and be like, "Hey, let's just treat them like everybody else." Yeah, I absolutely agree. And like I said, we um, I'll pass you some information too because you know it's, it's, I feel like it's the same with teachers. Uh, you know, firefighters, any any kind of public thing, you know, schools, they just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze money out of it to the, and, and it's in, to nobody's benefit except people who can send their kids to private school or who have this or, you know, who can, like, that's really who it benefits. It doesn't benefit anybody here. Right. So it's, it's, it's really, a, it's a, it's a shitty situation. Yeah, everything, the, I'm, I look around the city, it's growing. There's residence, residential buildings being built everywhere, but who's it helping? It's helping Brzezikis of the of the city. Sure. What about the people over on the east side or down in Southbridge? Like, I I grew up in a family where you treat everybody the same, whether how much money they make, who they call God, or what color their skin is. So, in order to make the city better, we gotta make those neighborhoods better too. And where's their help? Yeah, you see it everywhere. I mean, that's Brzezicki is going to focus on. I said I said to your colleague, uh, your union brother at the meeting down there when we were talking about the Gilpin, the old Gilpin firehouse. I said, you guys. Are 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 angry that the mayor we the the real estate developer mayor we elected is trying to develop real estate. That's the problem. We elected a real estate developer mayor, and he's acting exactly the way that I suspected he might. And and again, this is the this is the problem. You know, like you said, an elections coming up. You know that that can happen. That's he didn't, how, that's he didn't how win can, by much last time. No, he did not. So no, he did not. If we get a viable candidate in there. Our, even our big international has stepped in and said they'll help us. They'll throw money, pack money, political action committee money at them and help them in their campaign. But we have to have a viable candidate. We spoke to a couple people, and um, 
we're just going to leave it right there for right now. Yeah, that's uh, we've actually spoke to a couple people on our end too because again, our our interests align and our feelings about Mike Brzezicki align. So yeah, we're 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 doing some of the some of the same some of the same stuff. What's going on with this uh, with the with the Gilpin Firehouse? Are we still? still he doesn't want to give it to us, and we know that. So when we started this fight, um, I mean, we got a couple council people on our side, and they'll say, you know, if uh, Riverfront Development Corporation needed a building, a warehouse because they're expanding, the city would just give it to them. We're looking for a rundown, hundred and twenty year old firehouse to make a museum. That place was full of the history of the Wilmington Fire Department. I'm talking back from the 1800s. Beautiful, amazing history. And um, they took it all out when they closed the building and they put it at fire headquarters. Well, I happened to find out from the Delaware Historic Society that the mayor and the fire chief gave it all away. So they told us originally, well, if, if you guys get this or you do it and we'll make a museum, we'll give it all back to you for the museum. They would have never told us that they gave it all away. I just happened to run into a guy and... Spoke with him. Maybe they gave it away. Do you have any more information about this? Uh, I got a guy's name. He's a director from the Delaware Historic Society. They gave it to him because they said they couldn't store it properly, and it was it was. Uh, so they gave it to the historical society, right? But they didn't give it on loan. They gave it to him. So like, if it was on loan, we could get it back if we ever had a museum. And if we do, it's years out. Of the, by the time we get that building, get the funding, and fix it up, it'll be a couple of years. Yeah. But I would like for that history to come back to Wilmington. Well, I would just like it to be a thing of the yeah, because it would be part of the neighborhood. Right. You know, and there's a there's a story. I'm going to tell it again because you're here. Carl started a few times. But I ran in a year ago. I ran into like a finance guy, one of Przicki's finance guys at like a holiday party. And we got into it about this because it was still at that time. The, the deal was still the the, um, the the development company that put the big thing at Bancroft Mills. Montana. They were going to do something. There. Yeah. But now it's, it's changed a bunch of times. But that was the thing then. And I, and I said, yeah, we don't want them. Well, you know, it's not economically feasible. We're only getting 300. I said, I said, they're offering you 300 grand, the fire department. I said, frankly, I think you should give it to the fire department. Like, what, what's the, the fire department is us. It's the city. It's the neighborhoods, neighbors. Like, our whole thought process around all of this stuff is real, real wrong. It's terrible. Um, but, yeah, he didn't like that. Right. Because I just said, you know, that's a that's part of the infrastructure that would make, you know, rather than putting another restaurant on Market Street, that would actually make this or, or another restaurant on Delaware Avenue in Charlie Square that we maybe don't need. That would be a neat little thing of in the neighborhood that maybe would draw people to this neighborhood, but it wouldn't make anybody any money. That's the, that's the problem. That's the difference. And by them giving away the all the stuff that was in it, we know where we stand. So we did. A, they did a bid process. We put in a bid. We lost to Montana Group. Okay, they went in. Once they found out they couldn't change like the internal staircase and a couple of things because of the historical value, yeah. they backed out. So it should have just went to whoever else put a bid in. But no, they just started a whole new bid process. Well, they went out and searched for somebody. They found somebody yeah. and they're like, all right, so we're going to start a whole new bid process. How's that fair? Or is it even legal? Well, I, I, my, the, the, I, can't, I can only go to selected neighborhood meetings because I only go there to get thrown out. <clears throat> so uh, my wife, Nurse Susan, will go to the ones where we actually need to get information. So I think she said that Bud Friel br brings in like this individual investor who's just going to make it like one residence. 
Yeah. But he was going to, you know, his bid was probably the same. You know, oh, he has like a beautiful that. architectural drawing. He's going to put the spire back on top, completely refurb it to a firehouse again, but his residence. Yeah. And then so, and then, and there was, and again, there was more controversy at the meeting. And Susan said he, she talked to the guy afterwards and he was like, I didn't, I didn't know it was like controversial. Like, I, I like, they like suck this guy into like, hey, I'm going to pay for all of these artist renderings and I'm going to bid 750000 whatever it was, and this is what I'm going to do. And like he got it, he got torn into and he was totally surprised because no one told him that the whole neighborhood doesn't want him there. Right. <laughs> so they made him walk into like a, a, a real storm. Down. Absolutely. But yeah, that's, I mean, it, as you said, and I think astutely observed is, you know, they gave your stuff away. They don't care. They don't care about the, the, the old firehouse. It's, I mean, you see where you stand. Absolutely, and it's and uh, yeah, definitely um, solidarity with 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 all of you guys. Uh, we'll stay on top of this. And so, um, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. Thanks, appreciate it. I appreciate that. If you get any questions, you need anything answered, I'm here. Or if there's any more developments, well, I'll keep you posted. I do have one question for you, but it's personal.